What's up, everyone? Welcome to Sports Card Madness, the podcast that covers the entire collectible space, including sports cards, business, technology, and more. Now brought to you in partnership with Fanatics Live. For this episode, LZ and I sat down and we decided to make some predictions for 2024. Some of them might be a little obvious and they're not exactly crazy predictions, but we did also make some really bold ones. We got into um, some of the stuff Fanatics is doing and we're kind of like predicting their next moves. And also what we think is going to happen to ultra modern cards, vintage cards, autographs, and things like that. So uh, you got to listen, if anything, just to keep us honest and hold us accountable for the predictions we made. But uh, I think you'll definitely like this show. Before we dive in, I've got a big ask for the audience. If you could take a few seconds and go on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and either follow us or subscribe to us, that would be super helpful for the pod. Even leaving us a five-star review would be amazing. This will help keep the podcast coming every Friday. Thanks, everyone. Now there's a steal by Burr. On the DJ Kick is on the way, and it is What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Sports Card Madness. I am here with LZ, as usual. We have got a cool episode today. This was LZ's idea. Um, he said, Nick, let's lay it all on the line and let's come up with some 2024 predictions in the sports card world. So uh, let's do this. LZ, great idea, yeah. man. Yeah, this is this is always a fun it's the beginning of the year, right? It's uh, it's when you always, you know, you reflect on last year and then you make like new, new year's resolutions on what you want to do for this year. And resolutions are basically predictions, right? You don't know if you're really going to lose 10 pounds, but you're predicting you're going to lose 10 pounds on the year, right? So I think we can do the same thing for the, uh, for the collectibles market. Uh, and, and these are going to be cool. We'll do, we're going to do some that are, uh, let's call them. We think there's like a 50 to 75% chance ones. And then we're going to do a couple like bold ones that, you know, 5%, but kind of the hairs on the back of our neck are kind of standing up. So it might be a little more than 5%. We think are gonna, they're going to happen from, you know, us just paying attention and reading the news and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be good. Especially Nick, you talk about your spidey sense a lot. These we're, Our spidey senses are going to be out a lot with this episode. Sometimes it serves me well. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> As all Spidey senses. A blessing and a curse. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll keep this rolling super efficient for the audience. We are going to kick it off with my with my first prediction. So I think this year, by the end of the year, you are going to finally see this ultra modern category start to dip. And when I say dip, I mean start to tank. <laughs> I don't think it will be a dip. I actually think there will be more of a cliff. Um, the reason I believe that is mm -hmm. I'm in a lot of Facebook collector groups. I am on, I'm in the sports card world on Instagram and people are openly admitting that this is junk. They are literally saying, I know this is junk, but, and but is a powerful word here. I could sell it right now on eBay for X. Timing is everything, mm -hmm. like Victor Wamanyama yep. and things like that. So they are acknowledging it. This is exactly what happens in a bubble. I've been alive for a while. I've seen a few. These NFTs, we know they're junk, but 
I can make some money on them right now. You know, like this happens with every bubble. The ultra modern cards, I'm sorry, everybody. For the most part, it's a bubble. Even the one of ones, there are like 2,000 one of ones every year. That's more than all the signed Bill Russell cards. You know, it, it's like, what? So um, now I'm not knocking, like, if you're collecting ultra modern, that's great. Um, collect it, hold it, follow your players. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. But if you are looking to flip ultra modern, I think this is the first year you could get really, really burned. What do you think? I, I've seen a lot of uh, the comments in these Facebook groups that that you're seeing. Uh, I just got this Wembenyama. Uh, you know, it's the first one to come out, but I know that I need to turn it. I need to sell it within two months. It's like two months. You need to sell it. Jeez, man. All right. <laughs> Good luck to you. Right. Good yeah. luck. I think, uh, the buyers are a lot more educated now too, though. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it, I, I a hundred percent agree with this one. Um, another thing too, one, one of the big kind of statesmen in this industry is Ken Golden. Ken Golden recently just had a post about this exact thing that he was predicting that um, kind of these ultra modern modern cards are definitely going to start slowing and people should really start looking at uh, more vintage cards. Yeah, it's now. all it's all hype, man. I mean, look at this. Here's another perfect example. The rookie of the year last year, um, Paolo Vanchero, if I'm not pronouncing mm -hmm. it correctly, his cards are down and he's playing better. He's having a great season. He's having a fantastic, a better yeah, season. Yeah, Orlando's like, season. they're rolling this doesn't year. doesn't matter. It's not exciting. It's not gambling. And it's not hype. And that tells you those are all the characteristics of a bubble. Just mm -hmm. warning, everybody. Um, mm -hmm. So I agree with you. I'm a vintage guy, so I might have a little bit of a like a bend towards this. But I agree with you. I think I think vintage, um, I think vintage continues to go up and actually becomes an asset class, almost like um, high-end art. Yeah. Yeah. We've been saying that one for a while. I, I also agree with that, uh, with the, with the vintage side, but back to ultra modern, uh, I, I don't want it to come off like we're knocking it. And Nick kind of already prefaced that, right. That he's not knocking it. I think for your personal collection, there are some sweet looking ultra modern cards, like really cool, cool variables. Um, just, just some sweet cards, the one of ones, the, the you know the 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 fifties, the the twelves, whatever, whatever, whatever grouping. But there are some really nice ultra modern cards. I think with those ones, it's just going to be a hold for a while, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're if you're only in this market to to make a profit, then yeah, you might struggle a bit. But um, for your PC, hold them for a bit. Maybe get some autographs on some of them. Um, if you can go to a game, go to, go to a signing, um, that's going to help. That will certainly help those ultra modern cards. You need to make them more unique than they are today. And that really kind of dovetails into the one I wanted to talk about was I think, uh, autographs are going to surge. They're going to surge. Um, we talk about autographs a lot on this podcast, um, but there's a reason why we talk a lot about it, right? We talk a lot about it because it gets back to that uniqueness. How do you make something that isn't necessarily special, special? And autographs are the way to do it. Uh, looking at 
the social media feeds, even the the PSA reports, like all these different kind of industry uh, periodicals, whatever it is, it's always the autograph cards that everybody chases. They do. I mean, yeah, there's those special one 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 of ones that that Nick had mentioned, but the autos are what people want right now. It's pretty crazy, right? We talked about it in a few episodes about how like in the 60s and 70s, it was like blasphemy to to have an autograph on a card, right? But things have changed. And um, I think it's going to surge. We're already seeing it surge um, with some some recent um, big autograph sales that I've seen. So I think it makes sense for people to to focus on that uh again take those pcs that you have and just it's just a cool it's a cool exercise to go through too like nick finished the 86 flare set i am now uh seven cards away from finishing it and it's just a fun journey so maybe take one of those whether it's an ultra modern pc set that you have or maybe it's a it's a set from even just a couple of years ago maybe it's a parallel of maybe 50 cards See if you can get them signed. You'll have a lot of fun doing it. And it's, it's, that's going to be big. We have actual data here. So if you don't believe us and don't think that vintage or autographs are going to increase, this is, it's almost like the stock market. This has a multi decade track record of doing so. Go look at a Pete Maravich signed rookie card sold in 2017 and look at one sold in 2012 and look at one sold in 2002. And Mm -hmm. the theme there is the price has gone up, you know, where to now it's a $15,000 card and it probably sold for a few hundred bucks, you know, in 2002. Mm -hmm. Um, It's wild. So it's already happened. And I, you know, you know, I love scarce assets, man. Um, Once you get something signed, it's it's more scarce, and uh, mm-hmm. especially if that player's not here anymore. If you can get some of that stuff and find it, because there's only so many on the planet. And if people like me come out of the woodwork, try to build sets, the supply dwindles. So I agree. Yep. Mm-hmm. I agree. Awesome. I think. Well, one more thing to touch on on that is if people are paying attention to fanatics, you are seeing that they are starting to sign more and more athletes to exclusive deals. Why are they doing that? Because they want to control their autograph, control the market of those cards. So Michael Rubin and Fanatics, uh, very smart people. They're they're going down that path. The rest of us should be going down it too and really thinking about that. Yeah. Go on. No, that's a great point too. Like if you want to get your rookie card signed and they're still signing, get it signed now because uh, you never know the next signing. They could just say, nope, no rookie cards Um, or no no cards, you know, like Mike Tyson. Mm -hmm. So um, crazy. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Um, Okay. Number three, we got, my prediction is that gambling and sports cards continue to merge and it that accelerates so i'm thinking here you know it's it's really the same audience like sports betting and and trading cards i bet you the overlap is insane um and a lot of the flippers in sports cards are quite literally gambling on that sports card or that player to do well some of you can even short i suppose and, and try to go against a player but I think like you see the rise of sports betting. I talk about this all the time. You know, 
I have maybe placed five sports bets in my entire life in person. And my 15 year old nephew will probably place 50. And anytime you see a 10 X behavior change in society, crazy things happen around it. And I think it's changing the way we watch sports. It probably makes us want to buy sports cards more. And if you go on like whatnot, I mean, breaking is gambling. I'm sorry. Like it's, yes, you may collect what you end up buying, but a break is quite literally a gamble. Like you are gambling on what you are paying for that team or however they categorize it to pop to a good player. And if you just go on whatnot and watch it, like they're, they're gambling. And, you know, there are upsides to gambling, super fun, makes life spicy, um, makes sports fun to watch, but there are some, there are some downsides too. So, um, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. My, I guess even bolder prediction for this space is I think there will be some form of regulation for breakers at some point might not be this year, but I think within two or three years, mm. you might have to be 18 to take part in one, just something simple like that, or even 21. Um, just because like you could see somebody getting lost and whatnot and just dropping 10 grand that they don't have, you know, just chasing something. So that's my prediction, gambling and sports cards. Whoosh, Come a bit more together. I'm just ref reflecting on um, kind of all the predictions that we've made so far and the ones we're going to make. I, I think this one is like spot on. Spot on. I mean, even even what Fanatics is doing, right? They, they have the gambling side and they have the sports card side. So that's just a perfect marriage for them to see kind of what else they can do in that space to kind of marry them up even more. Um, what not... So addicting. You go on that thing. My just, God. You get lost. You know, it's a it's a it's a work night. And um all of a sudden you check the clock and it's like 3 a.m. and you've been watching whatnot for four hours. It's like you can you can get you can get trapped. It's a it's a really cool space and it's it's cool what what you can do on there. And uh I think the possibilities are, are really endless. We could probably have, I mean, maybe we even do kind of an, an ad hoc uh whatnot uh prediction because I, I think that one's gonna grow too as well. Um so that that's that's cool. Yeah, I agree with that one, Nick. Um next one for me, geez, I've been speaking about them a lot today, is fanatics. Uh it and it actually focuses more on the lawsuit between fanatics and Panini. I think that it's all going to go away this year. Um, we haven't heard much about it recently. At least I haven't seen anything recently about it. But I don't know, maybe a prediction could be, I, I think Fanatics is just going to want to make this go away. And whether it's some sort of settlement or what have you, um, just some kind of clean break with them. But I, I don't see how Panini is going to continue to be able to put up this fight. They, they keep, it's like every two months they get another bad news about some, um, some sports league or some player has moved off of them and is going to fanatics. And eventually you just got to take your licks and just realize that this is just not going your way and um, you got to move forward. And who knows, maybe there is a way that they could, uh, if they do it in the right way, have some sort of partnership with fanatics as a way to kind of save face and 
continue to survive. And, and maybe, maybe that's the direction they go. But I think, I think we're going to see something this year um, where things are going to start fizzling out, whether it's some sort of settlement or what have you. Yeah, you see this all the time in pharma. You know, you'll have a uh, a company with a drug coming off patent, and they'll just negotiate like the last couple of years of generics, and everybody gets to share it. And there's a little bit of a better transition. I mean, this this whole thing with Panini, it, it feels like somebody bringing a knife to a gunfight. Like they are just so outclassed, outmatched. Um, Ruben, is just they have no chance. You know, um, whether the tactics are legal or not, that that's not for me to say. I'm not a lawyer. Um, doesn't matter. They're going to lose. Mm-hmm. So do you yep. want to just cry and throw a fit about it? Or do you want to like, just come to some sort of agreement where you can at least profit on the way down and the way out? Um, mm-hmm. you know, sorry, you lost your monopoly. Um, the monopoly's going to somebody else. You know, you enjoyed it, you made some money, you know, they probably 10 X the hobby and uh, now it's about to be another 10 X. So we'll see. And I there's agree. no reason, there's no reason why they can't continue to innovate right it's like there are plenty of other i don't know uh look look at uh the the video game uh leagues that are popping up right maybe there's something you can do there right but the, the major sports panini it's just no, sorry i don't think it's i don't think it's gonna i don't think it's happening not so, happening yeah yeah my bet my bet is on ruben so yep. all right um next prediction oh, this is a good one you know it's always tricky with the economy because you know, when you've been, I'm 43, I've seen a few recessions and everybody every year is like, oh, it could be a recession. Well, eventually you'll be right. So I um, I don't take too much stock in that. But what I do think is that in 2020 and 2021, there was a lot of um, funny money like in the system, quite a bit of it, just through, you know, Bitcoin gains that people aren't, you know, reporting and, um, you know, the government stimulus money and just just a lot of like fluff. And I think that a lot of that bled into sports cards, especially because people couldn't like do a lot of things. They couldn't go out to a game, but like, Hey, I guess I can kind of like have this player who's playing in a bubble and like have their card. So I think what's going to happen here, I think disposable incomes for trading cards are going to go down overall. And that's really, I think, going to be part, it's kind of part of my first prediction with the ultra modern i think that's going to be part of the crunch where like somebody gets a blaster box of 40 bucks and they're like man every time i get this it's like two dollars worth of cards and all of a sudden the blaster box is going to be in the shelf a little bit longer and the ebay is going to get a little bit more supply and this is just going to start to correct a little bit different in vintage i do actually think vintage prices might come down a little bit because they have really gone high um, and then ultimately go higher, but there might be a little dip there. But I think overall disposable incomes for sports cards will go down. Yep. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that, Nick. Um, I, I love your your analogy too around like the blaster boxes. Uh, I've seen a lot of that recently on the socials around people complaining about, do I spend the 40 bucks on a blaster box or do I spend the $40 on the one card I want? And it's like, well, I think you just answered your question, right? <laughs> that blaster box, like you, it's, there's a 95, 98% chance that, that those cards are going to be worth two bucks. Yeah. So spend the 40 and buy the one card you want. Yeah, go buy a scratch um, ticket. Go get a $5 yeah. scratch ticket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But I but the whole correction, right? Because I think they're going to, yeah, there's going to be more supply eventually. So yeah, that's great. Um, 
Next one for me is, uh, it's one of kind of, I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, like the Spidey Sense one. Um, I have no inside knowledge on this, but I did see that recently Tiger Woods and Nike have split, which I find a little interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a, he's a goat. And even though I know his game has suffered over the past, let's call it five years or so, he's still the goat. So I'm really surprised that Nike didn't just hold on to him. I mean, you know, he's in his seventies or eighties and he's still under Nike. I'm really surprised by that. And I, I, I didn't do enough research into why the split, but um, that's interesting. So my prediction is that Tiger Woods is going to start doing a little more on the collectibles moving forward. Now, what that means, I don't know. I don't know where his contract stands with uh, Upper Deck, um, but I can see Ruben sweeping, swooping in and and, and getting Tiger. Um, but I, I think I think we're all going to see a bit more of that. I've been seeing him around doing. Um, getting involved with medias that I haven't seen him do before. And it's just kind of interesting. I don't know if it's just maybe his openness to get involved with different types of media um, as he gets older, but the Nike thing threw me for a loop. So prediction is Tiger Woods is going to get back into the collectible space a bit more with cards or autographs or something. I remember the upper deck CEO, did an interview like last year or something. And somebody said, Hey, do you still have an exclusive with Tiger? And they said, yeah, I do. Okay. Um, he just hasn't signed anything in a long time. He's been busy. Mm. It's literally what he said. Mm. So I, I agree. I actually, I think fanatics finds a way to unbusy him. <laughs> like <laughs> gets him for a day in a hotel yeah. and just goes to town on some, some crazy stuff, you know? Well, I hope, I hope he gets back into it. Yeah, because, me too. I, Cause I have a, I have a parallel set of his of like 30 cards that like my wishful thinking is I get all 30 of them signed and I get them all slabbed. That'd be in a very expensive project for That's Tiger Woods. Bring a big but, uh, bag of cash for know, that may, one. Yeah, maybe I can meet Tiger in a, a hotel uh, lobby or something instead to get that cards. one done. Uh, <laughs> cool. All right, so this this is interesting and it's actually very recent. So, you know, it's sort of like a bombshell on the hobby, right? LeBron James is uh, taking a photo with like a Fanatics commercial script. And then they basically announced that they've signed him to an exclusive autograph deal. He's going to do some autographs with his son and uh, some one-of-one stuff. So my prediction for this is that it's going to negatively affect his existing autograph card values because people are going to start to think like, how far removed is signing new cards from signing old cards and it's not that big of a leap you know i could see a world where fanatics is like they do some kind of drawing you know the or a lottery where the money goes to a charity and then they pick a hundred people and you can sign whatever you want like oh my gosh like that would be nuts you know if that happened um and they could probably raise millions of dollars for charity doing that too just through a lottery system so i could see something like that where like i am actually thinking like man there could be a situation where he actually does some on-card autographs outside of inserts at some point because of this news. Mm. We talk a lot about Jordan and whether Jordan would do that. So I think, uh, you know, that's, 
that that's interesting and and how it would impact the value of his autographs moving forward um very interesting um but yeah where there's smoke there's fire nick right where there's smoke there's fire and the yeah. big announcement just happened a couple of weeks ago with him so great prediction i think we're going to see more more for him um the last one before we get to our bold predictions none of these have been necessarily bold um i think this is the year of technology in the collectible space. Uh, part of it is with our recent episode with Nat Turner and everything he shared, his hundred uh, developers that he has on his team now. Um, what he what PSA has been doing recently with their app. Uh, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more technology when it comes on the on the grading side. Um, even some of the apps that we use for uh, understanding the value of cards. And we now live in this age. It's the artificial intelligence age, right? We all hear about chat GPT and, and all the other things that these big tech companies are doing. And you're going to start seeing either the PSAs of the world or um, the goldens of the world, or even some startups. Like what can I do with AI? in this space. I think there's a lot we can do with grading, um, but this is going to be the year of technology. Yeah. It's my prediction. Yeah. I think, uh, I think you'll see all the grading companies using AI to some extent. It's just going it, to, this is a societal change for me. I think artificial intelligence is something like discovering fire. Like it's like that, um, powerful mm -hmm. for humanity. So I think a little bit of that's going to bleed into the, uh, the trading card industry. It's just going to mm -hmm. be everywhere, everywhere you look. Um, and I think yeah. this is, this is going to be part of the party. Nick and I talk about how we're both in, you know, our early forties, like we lived through the internet being created. Right? <laughs> and like the, the, the change that that had on the world. Um, so we've experienced this before. This is going to happen with AI. Yeah, it's definitely going to. It's going to sure. be that type of change. Yep. Definitely. All right. Bold predictions, Nick. Yep. So bold. before we go into this, the section, now when we say bold predictions, this is kind of like, it's like crazy talk, right? Like, I don't necessarily think this will happen, but there's a chance. There's always mm -hmm. a chance. So, um, LZ, do you want to do yours first? Yeah, I'll, okay. I'll do mine. I'll do mine first. We and I almost on. let it, I almost let it slip earlier, actually. I know. Um, <laughs> you're probably nervous because you're like, oh no, I thought he was just gonna be his bold one. Um Michael Jordan might be the biggest competitor on the planet Earth. Oh, him and Tom Brady, probably. Um he's now seen LeBron James get back into the mix. Uh he might see Tiger Woods get back into the mix. The bold prediction, Michael Rubin loves making waves. Bold prediction is Michael Rubin finds a way to get Michael Jordan back into this market uh, signing signing autographs. Uh, talk about a splash. I mean, he's already made one just very recently at the beginning of the year with, with LeBron. But uh, as soon as Jordan finds out whatever LeBron got paid for that exclusivity deal, he's just going to go, you know, when Ruben approaches him, he's just going to say, sure, if you 10 exit, I'll do it. And I wouldn't be surprised if Ruben does it. And I think it might be a really good business decision for Ruben to do that. If he could get Michael Jordan out of kind of quote unquote, 
uh, autograph retirement. That's my bold prediction for the year. I may be a year off, but this is going to happen. It's going to. Some things are more important than money, man. Uh, I actually think he could give a crap about the money and he might just want to beat LeBron and like have more heart. Yeah, just beat it. Yeah. Well, that, that's what I mean. I just think he wants to beat it with regards to the contract. He doesn't care about the money. He just wants to be ahead yeah. of exactly. LeBron Tiger, when it comes to LeBron, <laughs> MJ. It yes. makes sense, dude. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine the crap they could pull off? They could buy, they could get like 23 of his rookie cards whether it's star or Fleer or both, and just insert those into packs. Could you imagine like the breaking mm -hmm. world if they like numbered like one out of 23 MJ? I, that would be, I would spend a lot of money breaking and I never do breaks yeah. if mm -hmm. they did that. So that, I mean, they, they would sell a ridiculous amount of product for a ridiculous price if they could oh, get him to yeah. do that again. Now this has been done before, you know, he did this in 2006 with, um, through upper deck and, and Fleer, he he re, he he signed twenty three cards and there's like still eight that are not accounted for. Um, man, they could do anything. They could do something like that. They could again some sort of lottery. They're like, yeah, cool. Um, we're gonna pick five people and he'll sign whatever you want, like within mm -hmm. reason. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, okay, <laughs> sounds great. Um, yeah, incorporate charity into it too. Incorporate yeah. some kind of it, just a way to raise money. And I know Michael Rubin is big into that. He, he talks a lot about it on his socials, right? Like, you know, speaking to to Michael Rubin here, Michael, you you figure out how to do this. You could absolutely factor in. You can make a you can a lot of press for fanatics, a lot of money for fanatics, but also probably a lot of money for a good cause. Yeah. with that one. So I'm down with it. Let's make cool. it happen. All right. All right. <laughs> The last bold prediction, this one's mine, uh, last prediction of the episode. So um, as we all know, Beckett's not doing so well. Um, if you see, and, and that's sad because Beckett really kind of like founded this, the Beckett Price Guys and everything. And Dr. Beckett's still doing his thing. He's got a great podcast I listen to. Um, so I, you know, th they're continuing to tank. You look at the, um, you know, the numbers and everything mm -hmm. versus other grading companies. I think that... They don't necessarily go bankrupt because I'm sure it's a profitable company. I mean, God knows they charge enough for grading. Um, I do think that they will reach a point where they have to sell their assets. The company will still exist, but I could see them being owned by SGC. I could see them being owned by an upstart. I could see fanatics buying them, you know? Yeah. That might be a conflict of interest, mm -hmm. but um, I, I think that yeah, it could even be within a year. Like Beckett's like, you know what? We're toast. Uh, PSA has kicked our tail. And uh, we, you know, it's kind of like, this has happened countless times in business, right? You've got, um, you know, companies will take over a business. They retain their brand and everything. Nothing really changes except, you know, obviously the assets and the money. Like Ben and Jerry's, we all still eat Ben and Jerry's. It's been 30 years since it was a self-owned Ben and Jerry's company, Edie's bought them in like the late nineties, right? Didn't change. Still eating our cherry Garcia. Um, that's what's going to happen here. You still get your pristine labels. Everything will still function, but I think they're going to be owned by another company or mm -hmm. even a private equity company, something like that. That's bold. That is a bold statement. Um, and it's kind of, if it does happen, that will be sad in a way. Yeah, of course. Uh, but Nick, as you were bringing up that prediction, it, it made me think of something that I said earlier. It's it's this whole like innovate or die mentality. Why doesn't Beckett get back to what they started with? Why don't they create 
like the best app out there to be able to scan your card and tell you exactly what it's worth. Looking at all the comps, scans your card, looks at corners, does this, does that, uses AI. Like that's what Beckett with those magazines, right. like that's what they, that was their bread and butter. And then they pivoted to this grading side of it. Get back to that. Yeah, we all talk about comps. It's like comps, comps, comps. People look at eBay and stuff like that. Like PSA puts out a quarterly magazine with like these sort of half-ass prices for like a few sets or whatever. Mm -hmm. They could do, you know, an online database of like price. They could be like the Dow Jones of the trading card market. Perfect. Very, very little money. Um, it's just, just a website database. Yep. You go on. I mean, geez. Like for for a forty three year old like me, I would probably buy that quarterly just for like just for nostalgia, man. Like they could get some retro covers and like have this like price guide thing, some contests. That would be cool. So they're just mm -hmm. I don't know, just don't want to. And it's sad because they they could be like the ultimate comp um, for everybody to use. Like they they already are. have the credibility, Nick. They yes. already have it. It's still established. Like they haven't done it for a while, but everybody still knows that they were like the gold standard for comps. Of course. We so it is set. That. Yeah. 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 Ugh. All right. That's my call. Well, let's yeah. All right. Let's pay attention. Let's let's watch it. Pay <laughs> pay attention to these predictions. Oh man, it's gonna yeah, be wild. So yeah. I mean, at least it's on record. You know, you the audience can um, you know, barbecue us if uh, if we're way off on these, but why not? It's fun. Obviously, we're not gonna get all of these right. Um, but uh it it's, so it's this always is what interesting we're gonna to do. Watch. Yeah, this is what we're going to do at this this time next year in 2025. Uh -huh. We're going to have an episode where we're going to do 2025 predictions. And the first half of that episode is going to be us reviewing this episode. All right. And we'll see how well we did. All right. LZ has decreed. So there we go. We are <laughs> we are going to do this. Yeah. All right. Well, some of these I hope happen and some of these I really don't hope. I know. Seriously. So it's going to be yeah. very interesting. I'm like rooting for some and not rooting for others. So pretty cool. All right, LZ. Thanks. Yeah, this was, uh, this was entertaining. Um, that's enough predictions for one day. I feel like, um, Nostradamus or something. All right, everyone. Thanks again. That's the pod. All right, everyone. That was another episode of sports card madness. You can find us on Spotify, Apple podcast, YouTube, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this episode, please take a few seconds and subscribe wherever you get them, and uh, we'll keep them coming. Thanks, everyone.